Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. Nottingham Forest signed off their season to the signs of Shakira with a 1-1 draw at Crystal Palace to ensure they finish 16th in the Premier League. The Reds are staying up and joining to discuss that, first of all, is the head of the Shakira fan club, no doubt, Mr Greg Mitchell. Greg, how are you? I've been to see her, you know. I went to the O2 once, got there a bit late, but I think uh, yesterday's performance was better than the real thing, if I'm honest. Was she performing or were you just following her? Uh, no, she was <laughs> She was at the O2 performing, yeah. Oh, good. Not my first choice to go and see, but yeah, uh, we we sang it better. You need to preserve your voice. I can hear you a bit hoarse <laughs> after singing at the weekend. So I'll come to Temp. Second guest day, Michael Temple. How are you? I'd love to see Greg dressed as Shakira. <laughs> you, that's more about you than Greg. You must be yeah. the only one in the country who feels like that. <laughs> waka waka, hey hey. Uh, our final guest today, an alfresco Gary Bertles, who's joining us uh, from sunnier climes. Not the Amazon rainforest, as it looks like, but Gary, how are no, you? I'm not. I, I'm sat in the middle of a tree uh, in Catrum in Surrey, um, and the wind is blowing like you wouldn't believe. Um, it's not protecting me at all, so. I'll be like an ice cube at the end of it. Well, it's good of you to join. It's very much appreciated. We'll start with Greg, um, as you've you know traipsed the length and breadth of the country, hands in pockets a lot, not much reward, but a very very enjoyable day, no doubt. On on Sunday, probably well the best away day of your most noisiest away end of your life following Forest. Yeah, it's the best one I've ever been to. We were saying, and um, since Steve Cooper arrived, that's the first ever game where just relax, nothing on it, no pressure. And it showed. I've never, ever been in anything like that, especially the first half. It was like, I keep seeing photos and videos from the first half, and it was like we'd scored a goal and we were celebrating like we'd just scored for the, the first 20 minutes. I've never seen anything like it. The the walk to the ground, the, I mean, the pub pre-match, the George that we were in was just unbelievable. Uh, and everything, there was like, tourists just taking videos of us all walking through London like this mass procession but yeah my voice says it all really but it, I don't think anything will ever beat that for an atmosphere ever. What about the game temps I mean it wasn't a classic but a nice way to end the season a nice point something to cheer you know give the fans some cheer as well. It was never going to be a classic was it because no one was going to fly into tackles and break their leg before their holiday to Ibiza, Vegas or wherever they're off to now for their well-deserved break. So far from it. But I think what we've seen now is the establishment of a, of a core of players who we can um, kick on with, kick on from. There's a certain level of freedom and confidence in um, yesterday's performance that I, I hope we can take forward and a spine of the team emerging. I'll just expand on what Greg said, because I was in the pub yesterday and not only did the fans sing for 
90 minutes. They sang on the busiest train I've ever seen from London Bridge to Norwood Junction relentlessly. Um, I wasn't quite sure where the George was, but I heard them the second I stepped outside of um, Borough Market. And for yeah, convoluted reasons, I was, I was sat with the Palace fans about 10 yards away from um, Greg and the Forest Army, and they couldn't get a word in. They had their 35 strong junior mafia in the black tracksuits trying to, trying to resemble European ultras in their home end. And they, they couldn't lay a glove on what the Forest fans did yesterday. Absolutely relentless for 90 minutes. Probably more like two hours if you factor in the pre-match and the party with the players dancing and joining in afterwards. So just truly exceptional um, levels of support and long may that continue. And Gary, the finish to the season, it's been you know outstanding really. Wins against Brighton, Arsenal, Southampton, draws at Chelsea, a draw to finish. With the pressure on, the way Forest have turned it round and stayed up it is a credit to the manager, the players, the staff and everyone involved, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, yesterday I was doing Chelsea-Newcastle. Uh, so I'm down in Surrey. So I had to go up to uh, Fulham Broadway by Victoria to get there. And Norwood Junction's four, four stations up from here, where I am. And coming back, I saw all the Forest supporters on the platforms and everything. And Arsenal were playing Wolves. And there were loads of, you know, just a fantastic atmosphere all the way around on the trains. Um, and you, you, going back to that question you just said, I mean, nobody gave us a chance, I don't think. There weren't many of us who said Forest would stay up. I was one of them. I went on printing. Um, I did a piece for The Sun uh, before the Chelsea game because we beat them 6-2 years ago. Myself and Neil Webb scored a hat-trick on the day. And... Um, yeah, it's it's just incredible. I think the, the before yesterday, the 10 points out of the 12 were just staggeringly good against teams that were, you know, one was fighting for the lives in Southampton. Brighton had been up there deservedly all season. Uh, Chelsea, we got a point there. Um, you know, Newcastle struggled a little bit yesterday at uh, Chelsea. Chelsea did quite well, although without a striker. Um, yeah, I, I think I was looking at manager of the years. It, it came up on um, something I was watching, and Steve Cooper's name wasn't there. I'm thinking, well, hold on a minute. Why is Steve Cooper's name not there? It's you know, same old predictable, predictable. Yes, you know, the teams at the top, you can understand that. But what he's done in the two years he's been at this football club is just incredible, absolutely mm. incredible. And the backroom team as well, you know. Alan Tate, Andy Reid and everybody else at the football club, you know, Jamie and there's so many you can name. Uh, it's just a collective, you know, it's not an individual. It's, uh, it's about, you know, keeping together, staying together, believing together and, you know, getting there together. And if you haven't got that, which I think I saw a little bit of Chelsea yesterday at times, you know, you think where they finished in the league, you know, mediocrity for them. Um, you know, we've got it totally right and, you know, they've got it totally wrong. And I, th I think the big thing about it is how many teams have changed managers so many times and, have, you know, Southampton have gone down, Leicester have gone down, Leeds have gone down, teams who have changed the managers a number of times. Uh, you can say, yes, Crystal Palace, they got Roy Hodgson in and he kept them up. Um, but 
uh, you know, sticking with Steve Cooper was the, the best decision I think the owners made. And you have to give him credit for that as well. Mm. I think there's two things that make it a bit sweeter beyond staying up. Firstly, the togetherness. You saw the scenes at Ellen Road and how bitter and the vitriol there was at the end aimed at their players. And then secondly, the pundits writing us off completely. Because I think a part of it was the easy option because they hadn't seen Forrest and they just assumed they weren't going to be any good, I guess, and didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to say Everton would go down. You'll make Carragher, Greg. Can, can, can I just say something there? Those yeah. people and those pundits who said we'd go down, where are they now? Have you heard anything saying, well, we were wrong? No, you haven't. No, true, true. It's easy, it's easy to come out and say, yeah, Forrest are going down. But now we, we haven't gone down. Come out and say, hey, well done, Steve Cooper. Well done, Forrest. But now they won't. Mm-hmm. I mean, Greg Carragher. Um, I mean, I like Jamie Carragher to be fair, but he he said he thought he thought Everson would stay up basically for no reason other than they've been in the Premier League a long time. Uh, and he's an he's an Everton fan, really, and his family are. But you know, you must get a bit of smug satisfaction yourself. Be honest. Yeah, I think Carragher's built some bridges. He's he's done all right the last couple of days. He's got Gibbs White is his best player, and you can see he's. Uh, the back of his mind, it must be eating away a little bit, but um, not so sure about Neville. But they didn't really care that much, do they? It's all about top four with them. Um, I don't know. It doesn't. I think that helped us. I think everyone being against us, everyone writing us off, it put a real bee in a bonnet. And it weren't just the fans. You could see the management and the players, the way they spoke. And like you say, the togetherness. I think it helped us. So let them write us off again next season. I think we're fifth favourites to go down already. Mm. I don't care. I don't mind that at all because they just they don't spend enough attention at that part of the league. So it's just the easy ones to. We've done it. I've done it already. I've said Luton. I've said all three will go down, and one of them, no doubt, will be you know nearer mid table than bottom. You just don't know with this league. But thank God we're in it because looking at that championship next season, you couldn't call who's going to go up. But can I just say about, I think another thing that I've got to say about Steve and, and what he did was how he changed the system. And can I give a big, massive, you know, praise for Joe Worrell coming back in the team and playing as part of that back three at that particular point where those results came our way. You know, to change it round from what we'd been and leave certain players out and bring, you know, a new system in there. It, it takes a lot of courage to do that. And I think Joe came in. I, I thought he was magnificent towards the end, you know, of, uh, you know, when he came in. And I think you've got to give him big praise. You know, he's a, you know, out and out Forest fan. And I, I just thought his contribution at the end was as big as anybody's. Yes, we'll come on to Joe. He's on the list. I wanted to have a sex section on, on him and uh, look ahead to next season. The other thing, Temps, was I mentioned that kind of togetherness i mean we'll probably come on to this at the end but it's been as like a, a special time hasn't it if you go back to september 2021 when cooper came in to be where we are now and you see like the demise of leicester and leeds and everton kind of just circling the drain constantly just barely staying up to be where forest are now i appreciate it won't always be like this will it so it kind of feels like we have to make the most of these times our club craved that togetherness because we'd cycled through managers pretty endlessly um, without direction, had a few um, near misses, perhaps most recently with, with Sabri Lamushi, but there was never that connection between 
players, supporters, manager. And I've I've said it before that when Steve Cooper needed the fans, they they kept him in a job. They rejected the rumours being floated about his replacements. They doubled down on their support for him, and he doubled down on his commitment to to that group of players and the manner in which he interacts with the squad. So it's become self-fulfilling now. And I just hope that we can um, maintain this for a, um, a sustained period of time because it will be hard to replicate in the, in the distant future when at some point we inevitably have to. But I think sometimes there's just a, a compatibility between a particular type of manager, a particular um, individual and the club that they find themselves at. Steve Cooper play, paid tribute yesterday to Roy Hodgson and the job that he'd done at uh, Crystal Palace and the way in which he invigorated a club that felt they needed to kick on and you know get a relatively trendy young thing in, in Patrick Vieira. But Roy Hodgson comes back, releases the shackles and look where he finds himself. The other interesting thing Steve Cooper said um, in that media conference yesterday, this is his fourth season as a first-team manager, an absolute fraction of, it, of the experience that Roy Hodgson has. And he's going to be better and wiser for having had um, the triumphs of this season, but also the, you know, the dark times, the periods where we weren't scoring goals, we were conceding at will, and we weren't putting runs of points together. Steve Cooper will continue to grow as a manager. He'll continue to evolve our style. But let's just give him the plaudits he needs right now in this moment for inheriting a club in a hopeless position, finding a way to win in the championship, now having found another way to get established in the, in the Premier League. And we're going to see him continue to evolve as a manager and his Forest team continue to evolve as we make further progress in, in the toughest division in the world. Um, I just want to cover off the game. I mean, we won't talk about it too much. There isn't a huge amount to say. I'll come. I've, I've muted you, Gary, because you're very windy, so to speak. But I'll uh, I'll unmute you in a second. <laughs> uh, I'll unmute you now because I want to ask you about the quality of the goal, that that ball from Morgan, the, the finish from Taiwo. As from a striker's point of view, you, I mean that that finish typified the confidence of the player, didn't it? Well, you, you talk about Taiwo and. and... He's not been fully fit, has he? Uh, a fully fit striker is so unbelievably important to any team. I say I was at Chelsea yesterday and they've spent so much money and it's so obvious what they need in their team. There are so many decent approach play uh, from them and so many decent balls across the face of the goal. And all you're waiting is for a, a one-year for a tap-in. They don't have an a one-year. There's no, it really staggered me how they got it wrong in not signing somebody who can score a number of goals. And if he stays fit, he is going to score, you know, in, in the Premier League. He's proved it now. You know, he's gone into double figures. Had he been fully fit, had we had him all season, you know, then it could have been a totally different story. Um, I just think he, he gives us something totally different. You know, he's got pace, he's got aggression. He's got awareness. Um, he gets himself in the right place at the right time. And, you know, we've got people who can supply him with the service that strikers need to score goals. We'll come on next week probably more in-depth breaking the squad down. But, Greg, I felt like they probably needed an, another number nine to compete with Taiwo. But he's been so outstanding. They've got Chris Wood coming back. They've got Sam Surridge. 
they need another striker you think in the summer still uh i wouldn't be surprised if you know at least two of our strikers are elsewhere next season and mm. Taiwei would be the starter every day of the week if he's fit but as we've seen this season you lose you lose that player for a certain amount of weeks or months and you're in trouble so to be a competitive a truly competitive premier league team you're almost going to have to not waste money, but use some of that money you need elsewhere just for your backup, just like we did with Hendo and Navas. I mean, if we hadn't have made that move with Hendo getting injured, I know Hennessy played well yesterday, but you know, I know there's been mistakes, but I don't think Navas has ever been so busy as he has this season. Without making that backup move, we'd have been in so much more trouble. So I think we'd all feel a little more confident if we did have that option on the bench or you have two of them playing or ready for when they have a knock uh, Mm. because he's been critical I know a lot of players you could put in this category but he has kept us up this season through coming back through coming back how he did and scoring the amount of goals I just god how many would he have scored Mm, true (laughs) I mean Greg in the comments Greg Oran mentions Tammy Abraham which is ambitious tense but it's also probably the kind of level you need to look at to kick on isn't it Got to improve the squad. Hardest thing in the world in management, moving out good players to bring in better ones. I've just read, read Dylan's comment in the in the YouTube comments and he lists a number of players who might want to ship on. There's a few considerations that of fans were probably not always party to. Forrest did stretch themselves in January and I think there was, there was some um, money spent, which was a little bit speculative in the sense that putting getting that wage bill to, to where it was in January um, with signings like... Uh, Wood, Shelby, IU probably has removed um, some of our prowess in the in the in the summer window, but there is a, there are a lot of players that I think we as as fans and the, the recruitment team of the club will be looking to move on. There'll be a lot of trading this summer. If we are going to recruit, I hope it's considered. I hope there are three or four players that we bring in who are uh, first eleven ready. Because I don't think we're in a position now where we need to fill the bench with um, also runs. If we're going to establish ourselves um, somewhere towards that top 12 in that position where which Palace have um, occupied traditionally for the last few years, we need to get past teams of the ilk of Palace, Everton, uh, Wolves, maybe Fulham, who the bookies have pegged to be in, in that kind of space. So, so yeah, a name like um, Tammy Abraham um, excites me. And hope that's the calibre of player that we're looking for so we can kick on and not just replace one surname with another with a, a very similar level and skill set. Is that a big thing for you, Gary? I suppose um, Leicester and Leeds are like a bit of a cautionary tale to me about mismanagement of you know moving managers on and getting transfers wrong. What Forest can't do now is rest on their laurels. We know they're very prolific with transfers, but the importance of getting this summer transfer window right is essential, isn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. Do you want me to try and move somewhere else so it's a little less windy? No, you're fine. Don't worry. Yeah, Gary they're, told they're, us he was sat on a log in some kind of magic garden like. and he's partaking in a glass of wine as well. So I'm loving this. Now, <laughs> we can I'm hear you back. well. We can hear you well. I'm trying to get out the wind a little bit. and I can, I can just move backwards a little bit. It looks a little less windy. Do you want me to try that? Yeah, do that. I'll come back to you. <laughs> oh, I crumbled. I'm muted him. I'm muted him. <laughs> 
this is a chilled out end of season podcast. Can't wait look to see where he, he is. goes. <laughs> He's in a wind trap. He's sat on a stump, but look how happy he is. Forrest is staying <laughs> up. Gary Bertles is looking okay. resplendent on his holiday in Surrey. He's had his glass of wine with his lunch. Right, he's put his thumb up. Uh, we can hear yeah. you well, Gary, I think. Tell us about the importance of getting a transfer window, right? Well, I, I, again, I go back to the game I did yesterday and what Newcastle you know, will do, I would think, is build on what they've created this season. What Chelsea got wrong is, again, like so many teams have done, is change managers so many times. You look at how many managers they've had this season and uh, it's it's just so obvious that that's one of the reasons they've struggled this season and uh, you know you, you've got to say the same about others it's the bravery of owners and people in charge of football clubs keeping people in charge that you, you've seen this season towards the back end of the season that have that have worked they've stuck with the people they they bought in in the first place and you know steve i, th- I think will be given the wherewithal this time to go and say right these are the players I want to bring in. You know, we, we talked about the 20-odd players and everybody talked about every Every stadium I went to or every ground, everybody I spoke to, oh, how many players did you get in? You know, it's like a, a bit of a standing joke, you know, people were talking about it. Um, but thank goodness we did get that many because we've had so many injuries. So in in the end, it, it did work out quite well. Um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, the preparation for next season is going to be so important as it always is. I mean, Chelsea have got Pochettino coming in any time now, apparently. So, you know, that, that's going to be a massive thing for them. And it's, it's going to be a massive thing for any Premier League club, you know, to, to build on what they've achieved this season because they've stayed in the Premier League. You know, Wol- um, Bournemouth, Fulham, who came up with us, you know, they'll be looking to, you know, improve and, and try and protect their Premier League status. So, you know, it's never easy and there aren't that many great players out there you can bring in but I think because of what we've achieved this season in staying up people will want to come to our football club because they've seen you know the atmosphere of the city ground is just incredible the away support has been unbelievable and you know you've got a manager in there who I just hope doesn't go somewhere else because there are rumours going around you know I've heard Crystal Palace mentioned uh, people were talking about it yesterday uh, talking to me at Chelsea ground saying Oh, Steve Cooper staying. You know, we've we've heard you know Crystal Palace, and these are the stories you don't want to sort of hear, uh, because he's done an incredible job. He's united not just the football club, but you know the city of Nottingham and you know Notts County got promoted. You know the city of Nottingham is a happy place at the moment, and you don't want that to change. Mm, true, true. Um, I want to expand a bit more on the league next season before we finish the game temps. It's fair to say it's going to be a weaker league, isn't it, next season, you think? Yes, because the sides uh, coming up aren't equipped to compete in quite the same way that the promoted teams last year were. We come up late, spent a lot of money. Fulham already had a a, a core together. um, And we've seen what Bournemouth have been able to do. I think there will be results that surprise people. You know, Luton will um, turn a few over at home, I'm sure. But they don't appear... Um, likely to stay in the Premier League for me next season. Sheffield United have a reported transfer budget of 20 million quid, which in today's market is £5.50 in old money. I just can't see them being as competitive. Um, I think we can get past Bournemouth um, next season. But as I said, it's just when we start to to compete with those more established 
mid-table side because Everton will come again. Wolves have probably underachieved a little bit. You could argue that Fulham have they've overachieved, but it's um, yeah, it's, it's baby steps, and every incremental place is worth a lot of money and has to be hard fought. Again, I, I said it earlier. I think Palace is the 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 next rung of the ladder for us. They have players who can replace their weapons with you know Will Saha sat in the stands for the last few weeks but they haven't really suffered with Eze and Elise and one or two others trying to trying to take on the, the mantle so you know as we said before recruitment will be key Greg's going to have an outlandish prediction pretty soon I'm sure but I'd, I'd be delighted with a you know a 12th 13th place finish next season and I think that is within our grasp. Yes, um, no doubt. No doubt it's Greg going to have an outlandish prediction when we get when we get closer. Do you have any sympathy at all, Greg, for the relegated teams? And it's, pretty, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty horrible being a fan who gets relegated, but it's fair to say the two that went were the two you wanted on the day. Yeah, I feel sorry for Southampton. Um, yeah. But, you know, walking out of the ground yesterday, got to London Bridge, and it was brilliant because Everton had like 10 minutes injury time, so we're all celebrating I could, I, I'll be honest, at one point of full-time, I wasn't sure whether we'd won or drew. I kind of forgot about the score, but checking up on the Everton score as soon as that came in, for me, I mean, living on the border of Leicestershire, great, and uh, got to the train station. The first person to come through is this Everton fan in his Everton kit, so I had a good chat with him and congratulated him. But I don't have sympathy with Leeds at all. I, they, they showed us so much disrespect when we... Lost to them up at Ellen Road and we all know about Leicester. They've told us for the past 10 years how great they are and where they're going. And, you know, they built that massive training facility on the, the Knotts border, which we're now going to pick from over the next few years. So uh, I don't have any sympathy with them. I never had sympathy with Leicester when they went into administration all those years ago and never paid the milkman. So, uh, you know, what goes around comes around and I'm sure one day they'll be back at us for it. But for the minute... Just a little smile on my face. Couldn't have gone better yesterday. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think Wolves are my tip to struggle. My Wolves make sense. I'm very optimistic about selling lots of players. The manager might go. Key players having to be sold. So, yeah, they'd be my very early tip to struggle. Gary, what's um, what's a realistic progress for you next season for Forest? Greg's already talking about ninth. Temps is talking <laughs> about 12th. Gary's probably, uh, Greg's probably talking about Europe. What should we realistically be aiming for next season, Gary, do you think? Uh, you're always looking for progress in any 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 uh, small amount. And I think that's possible. I think the squad he's got there now, the people he bought in, you, you know, look at Danilo, Danilo, uh, <coughs> you know, they, they were so inspirational in, in what happened uh, towards the end of the season. And if you can... Recruitment is paramount from any football club. If you get your recruitment right and the people in the right areas, then you've got a chance. And I think that's going to be, uh, you know, the the big thing to to get that right. You don't have to go and buy a lot of players uh, because that squad is, you know, not too bad at all at the moment. Obviously, the away form's got to, you know, be transformed a little bit. If you see Tarzan swinging anywhere in a minute, don't be alarmed. It's uh, <laughs> It's very bizarre in here, surrounded by trees and uh, nature. Um, yeah, it's, it's like Matt's garden. Yeah, it's getting low as well, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting summer. It, it always is. You know, you're always looking for the people coming in. And like I say, people will want to come to our football club now. 
you know, and, and you can get the players at, at good money to come to, a, you know, our football club because of what Steve Cooper's done. Um, they can see that it's a, it's a happy football club. It's a well-run football club. And, and that's important. You know, you, you look at other... I keep going back to Chelsea. It, it, it's mediocre. It's mediocrity. You saw, you know, what uh, Eddie Howe's done at Newcastle and what's going on at Chelsea. And that's why they're in the Champions League and Chelsea are in mid-table. If you get it right off the pitch, you know, you, you're, going, you're going to get it right on the pitch. And, um, you know, clearly Chelsea have struggled to do that this season and we haven't. You know, Steve Cooper, again, I, I just can't speak highly enough of him because he's been inspirational, not just for the football club, but for, you know, everybody in Nottingham because Nottingham's not the biggest play. You know, you, you compare it with Manchester, Liverpool and the, you know, London teams. We're not a massive city. You know, and, and to do what he's done and, and to attract the players he has to come in and, and do the job they've done has been extremely unbelievable for me. And, you know, I, I can't get the smile off of my face at the moment because, you know, everybody wrote us off and, you know, we, we've come through it all, the adversity of it, of it all. And, you know, it's, it's fully deserved that we've stayed up. It's not a fluke we've stayed up. You know, we've, we got four points off Brighton. You know, we didn't get beat by Brighton, you know, one of the brightest teams in the division this season. You know, so we beat Liverpool. We got beat 3-2 by Liverpool at Anfield by the odd goal. You know, so you have to compare things like that a little bit. And I'm really looking forward to next season because I think the improvement will be there and I think we'll do better next season. Uh, I just want to round off a couple more points on the game on Saturday, which leads into players heading into next season anyway. Um, Gary mentioned Joe Worrell there, Temps. Uh, quite a lot of fans would probably have been willing to sell Joe in the summer. I suppose now he's certainly here, part of the squad next season. Is, is he done enough to be in the starting eleven, or is that still the big challenge for him to, to maintain his place? On the form of the last five, six weeks, he, he definitely deserves to be um, in and around the starting eleven. Much of that will depend on the, the shape we have next year. If we're going to continue playing with a, a back three or a back five with three centre-halves required, he, he, he gets in there for me. Um, his positional awareness, he, the, the defensive side of his game um, has come to the fore in the last few weeks. We've all, always known he can uh, pick a pass and looks to play, but he'll be kept on his toes by... Um, Bolly, Neocarte and Philippe. I actually think that's one of the positions um, where we are well served and, and do have um, adequate backup to come in. He's heading into the last year of his contract. He had a lifelong ambition to captain this team in this league. And I think an important part of the, the spirit and the togetherness at Forest comes from that pathway from academy to first team. And him, along with Brennan and Yatesy, are the embodiment of, of that at our club at this moment in time. So, yes, for me, Warren is very much part of the core of the squad. I expect him to extend his contract during this summer um, and to commit for a significant um, period of time. There are other players on my kind of maybe list who I'm not sure will stay or go, but I've, I've inked in Joe Worrell as one that we should be really keen to keep for all of those reasons I've just mentioned. And I'm almost certain he'll commit his future um, for a significant period of time. I think we're a, we're a Bertels down. I think the battery's, the battery's <laughs> falling off his log. 
Let's <laughs> <laughs> climb that tree. Swoops and taken by Tarzan, never to be seen again. Right, what I'll do is, I think I'll just remove Gary. Uh, okay. I've removed him, and I hope you haven't banned him. Because it might be difficult to get him back in that case. Okay, we'll see if Gary comes back. If not, we've had 30 minutes of entertainment with Gary there, so that was good. Um, I suppose, Greg, the other thing to say about Joe, the challenge for Steve Cooper, I'm calling him Steve, he's not my mate, is um, kind of how do you get Warhol, Brennan, uh, Johnson, not my mate, Danilo, how do you get all these players into the team? That's going to be a, an interesting one next season because there obviously going to be new signings as well. <coughs> It's going to be, a, you know, a bit of a conundrum, like what formation do we play? How do we get everyone who wants into the team? And in a way, I mean, that's a great position to be in as well, isn't it? Yeah, and he's proven that he's not scared to change things. Keeping Johnson out of the team those two or three games recently when he was in top, top form. But Cooper recognised that no, no matter how good he's playing, and it just he wasn't fit for the system at that time. And... You know, that run of games where Johnson came on for 20, 30 minutes was critical. So I have full trust in Cooper to get those players in the team if and when they're required. Uh, and it, it counts for every single one of them. Even Gibbs White, you know, even he can can miss a couple of games or to get things right. So I think, um, I don't know, some of those players off the pitch yesterday, even though they're not, they're not with us, they're not registered with us next season, I'm sure they want to be here. The, the way they hung about poor Crystal Palace are waiting to do their lap of honour and one of their stewards in the end had to come over and I think pick Lodie and Mangala and uh, Aurier maybe out of the crowd to, to get them away. It was incredible and you think that's that's one of those players is a guy who could have just got away, off he went, never to be seen again. But I think they want to be here and the main reason they want to be here is because of Steve Cooper. And, you know, Gary mentioning about other teams wanting wanting him. I want that to be the case every single season. I want next season there to be rumours about Cooper going to Spurs or somewhere else because it means he's had such a successful season again. His fifth season in in management next year. It's incredible. I don't think we realise, I know the fans adore him, but I don't think we realise just what a job he's done in such a short space of time. And I'm sure if he was off the continent, he'd already be going for those much more lucrative, we'll say, jobs at the minute. So we, we're extremely lucky to have him and I can't wait to see what he does in the summer because there will be some gems between the recruitment team and, and himself and others. So I'm, I'm really, I know I'm always excited with this team, but I am extremely excited now. Mm. There's going to be some guaranteed changes as well. I mean, did it feel like it felt like a goodbye from Lodi Temp at the weekend? Yeah, I, I knew I was going to be asked this question. I, I hope not, but all initial signs seem to suggest that he'll at least be considering his options. Look, he's a 25-year-old he's a lad with 16 caps for Brazil and he's contracted to Atletico Madrid, who have once again qualified for the, the Champions League. So he's, he's a global citizen in, in footballing terms and he will have um, a lot of clubs um, touting for his services next year. I think we'll be one of them. We're certainly not closing the door on trying to attract uh, Renan Lodi to the club on a permanent basis. I think it will require um, a, a lot of money um, to get it done. I know the, the clause has expired um, by which we could have bought him at a, at a fixed price. Um, so there'll be negotiation ongoing now. Um, he, had a, he had a baby a couple of months ago and 
um, travel in and out of the country to be with his family was 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 pretty tough for him. So I hope we find a way. If we don't, it won't be for a, a lack of trying or a lack of quality because he is as comfortable at left back as left wing back. I think there's more to come from him uh, in an attacking system as we saw in that cup game against Leeds where he, he cuts off the left and um, finds top bins with his, with his right foot. I really admire him as a player. I think he's an automatic selection if he is here um, next year. I really hope that deal can be struck. Um, but yeah, he showed from his his media um, in recent days that you know he knows this this may be the end of his his journey at Forest for all those reasons I've just described. But let's hope we can find a way to get that deal done. Were you a bit gutted, Greg? Um, no Jack Cole back at the weekend. I haven't seen any quotes, but I assume it's injury, which is a shame, isn't it? He didn't get to go out on his sword, so to speak. Yeah, and it was it was nice because the there was about I don't know twenty seconds of brief no wacker wacker songs and. One of them was the Jack Colback song, which everyone joined in that. So I don't know whether he was at the ground, but I hope he heard that because he has been a massive part of this this team that, you know, over the, the start of the Cooper years, he's going he's gonna to change dramatically, I suppose, next year compared to where it was last year. And he's going to always have a huge place in, in Forest fans' heart of this generation. So I'm not sure whether he retires and, you know, goes off doing whatever or, or he plays somewhere, somewhere else, but... Though if he stays fit, they'll be a lucky club who ever get him. So yeah, gonna miss him. But we move on, don't we? Unfortunately, that's interesting. Temps is Aurier a lock for you? If he, if he, I think he's got a clause that he'll probably sign another year if Forest stayed up, which obviously they did. Is he nailed on for you, or do you think Forest can do better? Sounds a bit disrespectful, but the way Cooper probably wants to play with Nico bought in as a more attacking wing back style. Do Forest maybe look to upgrade in the sense of Aurier? It's not even debatable for me. We're probably in slightly different camps there. I think Aurier stays and starts the majority of um, next season's games. He probably doesn't have the same profile as Nico in an attacking sense, but I think the stability he's he's brought to the side, his ability to deal with you know headline players who operate on the left wing in the teams that we've come up against, give him the... Um, edge for me again an, another player that's um, kept himself fit proved some doubters wrong and helped us to get to to where we are so he was in Tony Cascarino's Premier League team of the year today in the Times um, qualified by the fact he you know he challenged himself by only being allowed to pick uh, one player from each team so there are better right backs in the Premier League um, but I think Serge Aurier is probably um, the best right-back we could hope for at this time. There's chat about Jed Spence. Is that a bit of a, a romantic one? Has he? Uh, will he maintain those standards in the Premier League after what's been a really disjointed year for him? Um, I, I, I don't know. He, he was certainly very attacking and creative, wasn't he, in a, in a front-foot side? Um, but for me, on balance, I think that defensive solidity is what we need first and foremost. Jed did abandon his post at times, did run past his winger, did leave space in behind. Um, but recovered from um, difficult positions through just just pace and endeavour to get himself back behind the ball and uh, able to support us defensively. So to answer your question directly, um, I would back Aurier and he'd be a starter for me next season. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his. I think he's done really well. And we also have to bear in mind FFP and things like that, don't we? There's not a bottomless money pit. I just wonder... 
I think Cooper's instinct is probably to have attacking fullbacks where he can and or his strengths are defensively, which is fine when you're bottom down down the bottom league as well. To have a player who's been as good as that is is fine with me. So yeah, no problem at all if Serge Aurier's starting right back next season. A couple more points before we go in the next five minutes or so. Uh a year today since Wembley, Greg. I'm not sure what we can say apart other than, you know, what a day it was, but we can't let it go without commenting on it, can we? Yeah, I've been thinking this morning, I was straight onto my I didn't use my Facebook that much, but um, I had a look at all the memories with a smile and I thought to myself, if this season hadn't have gone the way it had, how horrible it would have been looking back at those memories, thinking, oh, what's gone wrong? But it's great. It was great being down there again yesterday and reliving some of that. And I just wish we could have had 30,000 of us down there uh, again, because it was just brilliant. It was so good to see it and reminded me of just how different this squad is now. <clears throat> seeing Horvath, you know, congratulations to him. One way or another, he's going to be in the, the Prem next season, isn't he? Whether we we take him off Luton, that might be a good step, damage their ropes a bit or get some money, who knows? But, yeah, it's just nice to see. And then tomorrow we've got the Memories of Market Square again, haven't we? And I'm sure my voice was as bad this time last year, so nothing changes. <laughs> That was the great sliding doors day, though, wasn't it, Temps? You look at Coventry and Luton and that that one big opportunity probably for Coventry, realistically, that they're not going to get again. They're going to lose Jokeres and Hamer and top players. And that would have been us a year ago, realistically. We, you know, we would have lost Brennan. We'd never have had you know, Felipe, Navas, players that wear the shirt now. Absolutely nonsensical to think of that when, you know, Greg was at Stoke and fans were practically ready to riot with each other. Talk, yeah, I say sliding doors moment. It's that game opened opened up everything, didn't it? To be where we are now. What's hap- happening to Coventry? To see what happened to Huddersfield from having that manager and and that group of players and being that close to the the, the top tier to to where they are now. It's you know a hair's breadth in sports sometimes between um, success and failure, but such as the gulf between the, the Championship and the, the Premier League, that the, the hard work starts, at, the hard work restarts again a week later, doesn't it? We've done exceptionally well to keep our foot in that, in that door. But I'll never forget last year. I thought it was um, yeah, one, of, one of the best days ever for me, supporting um, this club, the, the day out at Wembley. And yesterday, in a, in a kind of mood sense, um, felt, felt very similar but the hard work this year was was done over the you know the previous 37 games just just such an exceptional time and to to Greg's point let's hope we have so many more of these trips to big london clubs where we can take over central london boozers fill trains up and down the up and down the country and get behind this team in in a way that fan bases of no other club is is able to I think we've made a lot of fans at other clubs this year, um, not only in the way we've gone about the, the football aspect, but the, the supporters as well. And, you know, Greg and a, a number of others I know have, um, have been the, the architects of that. But the, the buy-in has been complete from top to bottom. Everybody's um, played their part this year. Football isn't always like this. And um, enjoy it. Enjoy it while it's, while it's here. We're up. Others are down. <coughs> The natural order has been restored in the East Midlands and it can be us that are, you know, cocky and confident at work, 
Robinad colleagues, friends, mates, WhatsApp groups, um, noses in it and, and join this time as Forest fans. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just dipping into comments before we go. Apologies for mentioning Stoke away to Door on tour. I know that was a sore one for everyone. And uh, Aidan, yes, you probably did see me at Foss Park the other day. It's a very niche comment to respond to, but yeah, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, it's funny you talk about that. I was dropped in the WhatsApp group earlier about Derby. Um, and you know, a colleague had written a perfectly reasonable piece about who they're playing next season. And you know, the list was Leighton Orient, Stevenage. Carlisle and um, practically everyone in that league, you know, struggling to be fair, but yeah, mad how things have changed, uh, but definitely uh, enjoying the moment. Any other business, Greg, before we depart? No, for once, I haven't. Just just brilliant to be around everyone yesterday. And uh, Greg, you mentioned Greg Oram, I met him and met a load of people, loads of the Munster guys were over again. And, you know, my mate Shane just flying in. In the morning, back out. By the time we'd got home, I think he was already home. So uh, it was just such a party atmosphere. I don't think I'll ever be in a in an atmosphere like that again. Just the the, the constant, constant like euphoria. It was just like about fifteen years of release. It felt like so. No more than me. Just just happy memories and what a season. True. Shout out to Shane of Shaney stats. I enjoy those. Yeah. Another thing. <laughs> Temps, anything else from you? Look, football's over for a few weeks, so get yourself down to Trent Bridge tomorrow, Knott's for Yorkshire, £10 a ticket. Um, I know Greg will be there, hopefully. So, yeah, come and, come and fill some seats for us and, and get behind the boys. And, yeah, just echoing all the, the, the comments, really, paying tribute to, to you, Matt, for keeping this thing running and getting so many ex-pros, ex-coaches, you know, people of far more loftier standing than Greg and I to, to come and talk football with us every week. It's been, yeah, great fun. And uh, yeah, likewise, everybody commenting. It's really nice to hear, to get tapped on the shoulder in the Lord or whatever and for people to come and um, say hello and, and have a chat. Um, apologies if you're getting abused in Foss Park because people are always very nice to me when I see them. <laughs> <laughs> Any abuse at all. <laughs> no, all the comments are very much appreciated. We'll carry on through the summer, don't worry. We'll, we'll potter along and I'll get everyone back together for a season review awards thing next week. So, you better mention uh, your live show, Matt. Well, that's on my ass. I've got two any other businesses. The live show, uh, tickets are really selling properly fast. That they'll probably go today or tomorrow. So, uh, if you haven't got one, it's uh, the 22nd of June, Thursday, the 22nd. It's at the Trent Nav. Uh, Fletch is on the panel, and um, Lewis is on the panel, and Gary, since he likes being outdoors, uh, might be on the panel as well. Uh, and Greg, Temps, Mikey, and Emily will all be there as well. So do come along and see us. Uh, like I say, the tickets really are selling fast. The link is in the comments for this on YouTube, and I'll drop them in uh, on the Facebook description in the comments and uh, in audio. I'll try and drop it in uh, the comments for that, the link for that. Otherwise, it's on Twitter at Garibaldi Red Podcast. Uh, I'll have to dig out the tag for that. While I do that, I'm going to talk about the uh, FPL League because it's finished. And uh, well done to James Benham, who won 2,655 points. Joe Need came second, uh, 35 points behind. Simon Huff, third. Katie Howe, fourth. Tristan Lomas came fifth. Uh, a couple of the notable names. Uh, Greg's mate, Christian, came 20th. Please know, Greg. Yeah, didn't scrape it in. No, that's a good finish. Um, is it? Mike, is it? I think so. Uh, 
Callum Castell, who people know of Twitter, came 28th. Mikey's brother, Lawrence, came 57th. I came 64th, so pretty good. And I, my plan was to dig out where these other boys came, but I've been so busy at work. That I didn't, so that far I down the list? And we're, we're so far down the list, you didn't have time? No, I couldn't find you. Otherwise, <laughs> I would have done. But uh, no, thanks to everyone who played that league. Uh, if James is listening, and I hope he is since he's in the league, um, do send me a message on uh, Twitter or something, or and I'll sort you out a sign mug, and then you can wait about a year to get it as a great attempt will attest. That's how long it takes. Uh, right, Garibaldi Red Twitter for people who need to get me uh, for anything at Garibaldi Red underscore. If you're looking for the ticket link, it's the pin tweet there. Uh, and if you want a sign mug and you've actually earned it by winning the podcast, then do get in touch. Right, Greg, thank you very much. No, I enjoyed it. Cheers, Matt. Cheers for the season. So great stuff. Yep, great stuff. Temps, you were 700 plus, Will says in the comments. So, you know, about uh, about mid-table. So not too not bad. not surprised. Too, too many weeks where I, I forgot to change my team or missed Man U strikers having two games in a game week. As I said last time, the, the top 25, where were you, Matt? 27th? 64th. 64th. The top 64 should be ashamed because they're spending far too much of their working day working out permutations, opposition fixtures and, and form. So well done to everybody that finished 700th and below for taking their family life and their jobs seriously. Shame on the rest of you. And the other thing I was going to mention, actually, um, we, we had a tweet from our friend at Left Lion, who's um, putting out that interview this week. So the next edition of Left Lion has a little feature with, with us for, which was really fun to record. Yeah, yeah, that was another thing I should have mentioned. Yeah, that was really good. So get your copies of Left Lion and um, take your FPL as serious as me. <laughs> don't listen to Thames. <laughs> right, we're going to go. Uh, I don't think we'll be back later in the week. Um, we shall be back this time next week with... Uh, Greg and Temps, hopefully, and Mikey, and we'll do some sort of end of season awards and um, maybe some early predictions for next season. But in the meantime, thanks very much to everyone who's listened. Very much appreciated. Oh, one more thing Steve Allen says, ask Greg about Dortmund. He's sad, Greg. I'm not even going to, that, that's just a low blow. It's been a good weekend, other than that. So, uh, yeah, ask him about his, oh, he's doing, so he won some money. Of betting against Dortmund because he's a bit spiteful like that. However, what I will say is uh, he realised we were a bit upset about that, so he's donated the money to my mate's charity stand against MND. So I can't even be t- to be too mardy about it. So thank you, Steve, for that. He's not going to get me to rise. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Dortmund, yeah, missing out on goal mm. difference after. I'll say bottling it on the final day, but that might be harsh. I don't know. Greg's shaking his head at me. Well, right. can I, let's just move on. One more thing. Can someone Ooh. please quickly release a Forest song to get Wacka Wacker out of my head? Because I didn't sleep too well last night and I feel like it's starting to torture me as much as I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Even by my standards, this is the longest outro ever. I think we started saying goodbye about 10 minutes ago. So, uh, yeah. Thanks very much, everyone. Have a good week and uh, we shall see you this time next week.